Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drop Your Buffs Podcast, where we recap the strategy, social game, and stupidity of each Survivor episode. I am sorry that I made that so extra, but I missed last week, and I feel like I need to like pump up the energy yes. for this episode. Yes, I encourage the extraness absolutely welcome back we missed you myself and the audience thank Thank you you. for returning and i hope you had a wonderful vacation i did um it was so great hanging out with some of our survivor friends um shout out to brendan for filling in for me i listened to your guys's podcast while i was driving home and it was so great i was texting dion the things that were sticking out to me from the podcast, like, oh my goodness, I've never thought about this that way before. And like the idea uh-huh. of be- when your torch gets snuffed, just turning around and like <laughs> revealing all the information and all the secrets and all the alliances. Like I'm so Whoa. going to do that. Like that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it has been done before and they've just edited it out. But anyways, right. I want to do it someday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all three of us. Let's just whoever gets on first, like just start the chain and we'll all follow suit. Perfect. I'm just like too nice though. So it would be yeah, me trying I thought I was so too. hard. Trying really hard <laughs> to be ruthless. Like, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see myself turning around and being like, all right, guys, I'm just gonna gonna take a moment. Um You so, so would do it in uh, that voice. And just go one by one. <laughs> so <laughs> and just be like, I love you all, however. <laughs> like, However, you're, and you're like at the end of it. <laughs> you're a rat. You're, you're a like, snake. You're. A- I could just. I could just see myself if it was our survival challenge. I'd be like, and Hannah. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> you tell me every time we're still good, right? But like, that's all you say to me. So I know we're not good. <laughs> so if anybody else is hearing Hannah say that we're good, you're not good. You're not. All right, good. that's it. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just, I would just be sitting there with like that shocked face. Oh. I don't know if you'd be sitting there with the shock face or the Hannah smile that you always had at Tribal the Council devious, when you were The devious one. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, right. uh, it feels good to laugh about this stuff because the world is ending as we know it and everything sucks. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like literally for the last two days in Los Angeles, it's just been raining and it does feel like the end of times. So... It's kind of nice to be able to like have this like happy little bubble of ours, not to ignore what's going on in the rest of the world, but just to be able to like find happiness and joy in something that we all find happiness and joy in because we need that right now. Yeah. You know who's um, not experiencing too much happiness and joy are the players who were supposed to play season 41 of survivor there has been a couple articles circulating about how season 41 taping has been postponed which i assume means the same for season 42 because they both have to be pushed back yeah yeah because casting is over for both of them and so that's postponed and man i feel so bad for those players they just got cast onto survivor and they have to wait even longer well, I believe that production like left it to like the last moment to call it just, I guess, in hopes of like being able to go ahead with it. But we mm-hmm. even know that like a week or so ago, it was announced that The Amazing Race had canceled. Right. Mid-season. Right. They'd, yes. already, they'd already filmed three legs of the race and mm-hmm. then they sent everyone home. 
Um, and that's kind of an even more interesting perspective because obviously the amazing race, they're spending a lot of time at airports. Oh they're yeah. Spending a lot of time all over the world. Countries. <laughs> right. And I think at the time we didn't necessarily realize the gravity of the situation. No, I thought that they and, were being like overcautious. I was like, Oh, come on. But now I'm right. like, Oh, great. Right. So, but my whole, like, obviously we, we understand the reality of the situation when it comes to the virus itself, but my mm. brain in terms of the game structure of these shows, <laughs> I go to like, all right, well, now you're sending home, you know, we can assume like seven or eight teams of two where mm-hmm. they'll have access to the internet. They can communicate yeah. with one another. Yep. Like, will we ever see that season finish? And if we do, will it be become what are the part of the season? Yeah. Right. Like, will they say we had to postpone filming? And now that we're back, we have had no op- option other than to allow our contestants to live their lives and be able to discover each other on social media. So this season will be influenced Mm -hmm. by the outside world. So a game like Survivor or Big Brother, like, heck no, this could never happen, like stopping Mm midseason. But, you know, Amazing Race, sometimes they've started implementing kind of a vote thing going on. But besides that, it's pretty much your own game and... Yeah, maybe the I think the implication is the people who didn't really prepare for Amazing Race are going to go home, and now they're going to do do even more preparations, preparations. than they had if done. they can. I know. So yeah. thinking about the um the survivors preparation, yeah, who are getting ready for forty one. Now they have even more time to prepare. Uh-huh. Do you see anything different they would do besides what they were already doing to prepare? I to mean, I think that my kind of preparation would be like not because of fear of, you know, like I would quarantine myself in fear of not being able to go out when the opportunity actually happens. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, they could call me any day and say, exactly. So it's just kind of like, all right, friends and family, you already think that I'm somewhere else. So I'm no longer in the real world. (laughs) I've already, now I'm in a bubble. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd probably just watch um, series of Survivor and repeat. Yeah, just like make a big uh, booklet of all the things you should know. So um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about, you know, kind of more on this topic of when before we played Survival Challenge, um, because we talk about Survival Challenge all the time and we will not stop talking about it because, (laughs) you know, we can't. That's (laughs) our game, yeah. Before we played, do you remember the feeling leading up to before we played, like the anticipation, the nerves Like, I was so nervous, the stress. I mean, like, not super stressed, but I I was just like, every once in a while, I would just get worked up thinking about going out to play, and I just feel so bad for these survivors who now, like, have to do even, like, three more months of that. Well, the funny thing for me is when it came to Survival Challenge, I think I was distracted a majority of the time because my focus was, will I actually be able to, like, financially be able to get out there? Like <laughs> You had a different it stress. Was just, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, my stress was actually getting there. So it didn't really dawn on me until I was sitting at a pizza place in Macomb waiting to meet people. And it was, it's like torrential downpoured in the middle of Mm. nowhere and I'm sitting in this pizza shop going, am I going to be sleeping outside in that? (laughs) That's when it started dawning on me. Right. And then I arrived to the location and asked to use the bathroom and they were like, well, no. And I was like, wait a second. Like, it's just like a little, it was like, (laughs) it was those little moments that was just kind of like, Oh, 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 this is no. really happening. <laughs> like, it, it, like Those moments happen to me on the day, not necessarily in the lead yeah. up. But that's because I also 
knew people that were involved with production just because uh-huh. I was a fan of the show and had met uh-huh. them prior to it. So for me, it was just kind of like familiar. But when you're going out to the real thing, it's not familiar. So I can only imagine how stressful you're going to a new country. You're going to be surrounded by people. You have no idea who they are. And, you know, <sighs> in this situation, it's like, all right, well, now that I've canceled work and I've canceled all my plans, oh my goodness. I'm just here now. That could be a bit of a problem. But then again, everyone's canceled work because work is canceled. Oh, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> work is already done. Oh, I hate yeah. to laugh about it because I've known some people who've lost jobs. So I know it's terrible. But at the same time, like, I feel like as a majority, we're all in a very similar situation where we're mm-hmm. all being a little caught off guard. Yeah, like uh, and dreams have been. Uh, I want to say crushed, but that sounds so dramatic. But postponed. I to, dreams I, have been yep. postponed. <laughs> I had to cancel a trip to New York City where I was going to see you. I was going I to go to a uh, Rob has a podcast live show for the first time yep. ever, and and who knows if I'll even be getting there. And mine wasn't necessarily just. I, I wasn't going for the podcast. I was uh, attempting to move. So you were attempting to move knows? there. Yeah, move to New York. Um, that might be postponed for a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens. There's still time between now and then. And uh, I guess it's just a waiting game at this point. So <sighs> just time to sit and relax. And in the meantime, we're going to enjoy a season of Survivor and then question whether the finale is actually going to be taking place when the finale takes in May. place and if it's going to be live um, or if they're going to get all the contestants on a group Skype call and uh, do it online. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> uh, but it, it would, would yeah, be hard. It, yeah, it, it would, would be hard. hard. <laughs> It'd be funny, but it, it would definitely be something we don't want to happen. Um, well, so wherever like, you are, wh- wherever you're listening or watching this, whoever's listening, like we wish you the best. We hope you're happy, healthy, yes, and that yes. everything is working out for you. And unlike on Survivor, please wash your hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Dion, That's probably let's... why they couldn't put them out there. There's no because you can't wash your hands. Uh, I didn't wash my hands in survival challenge. Yeah, good times. Good. All right, let's jump into (laughs) where the episode jumped into DeKal Beach with Nick telling us that he feels good about voting out Tyson, and Tyson gave him a fire token. Oh, well, I mean, if your hero can pull through at any time, this is the time for them to pull through. Who is uh, your survivor hero? That would probably be three. I think I think I I would have said Siri or Sandra, and mm-hmm. I just because Sandra has played so many times, and I feel like Siri is. Um, I don't know. I've got a bond with Siri just because we were both the catch potatoes that people kind of think otherwise of, and uh-huh. you know, I, I think we've got a very similar banter and wit and humor, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Just watching her out there is very endearing for me. So I, I would it. say that Siri is my survivor hero. How what about you? you? Vote- Who's your survivor hero? Would you vote her out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because she, she would vote me out. That, that would be my justification. That, uh, have, she wouldn't yeah. hesitate to vote me out. Yeah. I have so many Survivor heroes. Um, I feel like one, I feel like my original Survivor hero was Stephanie LaGrosa, like strong female oh. warrior. So yes. that, that would be my like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's out here. Okay. So, uh, um, so Nick oh, feels Stephanie. good. I know. And then we go to um, the clip about Yule talking about Jonathan Penner and yes. um, his wife, Stacy, who has mm-hmm. ALS. 
Yes. Um, wow, what a moment. description of ALS because, yeah. you know, we were given a lot of like little examples, but if you go to like Wikipedia, it says it is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which uh, can okay. also be known as motor neuron disease. Which okay, is probably it's also Lou more, Gehrig's disease too. Yes, Lou Gehrig's disease. But I've definitely heard of motor neuron disease. It, it does go on to say that um, motor neuron disease is used for a group of conditions which ALS is most common. So it's, okay. it's kind of all in a very similar bracket. But I hadn't heard of ALS. I had heard of um, you know, motor neuron disease. And okay. some people have heard of Lou Gehrig's. But it's, it's you know, obviously something where you lose the ability of it it states here uh, like voluntary muscles like you use you lose the ability to use those muscles mm-hmm. and as um you was saying she i think she's only got control of her eyes now um and then we yeah. did get to see a clip of jonathan mm-hmm. penner and his wife that which, was so um, great of cbs was, um, to do very that. touching yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of nice to see that you know this is a game and like we've talked about it even like last season like it's a game that allows us to talk about real life things right and you know brings all that kind of stuff in and you know we saw footage of her coming to the game to yeah. see Jonathan Penner in one of his previous seasons and it's like we as an audience have seen um the the shift of where you can come from to where you can go and we can we've experienced that as an audience firsthand so i think it was a little more um you know, it was right there in front of us. So it's it's a lot easier to kind of like relate to something when you can see it firsthand. Yeah. Um, and in kind of the game mindset, you'll, we've talked about how you'll at the beginning of the game told in pregame interviews how he wants to donate his winnings to Jonathan Penner and ALS, ALS Research. And mm-hmm. I was wondering how that would happen if he would talk about that in the game to mm-hmm. it to in in a sense to like if he told people in the game he might think that that would make it people would want to him. keep well like i was thinking like is he going to tell people thinking that they'll want him to stay in the game but also huh. if he tells people he'll be like um people will be like uh you i don't want you to be in here because you're going to be the hero Well, the first thing that came to mind when you said that is I believe it was Big Brother season 16 Okay. when Frankie Grande, no. Yeah, Yeah. he was on 16. Mm -hmm. Right. Ariana Grande's brother. Yeah, he was wanting to donate his winnings and Zach found out about this and had this blow up. Blow up. He was... Mm-hmm. He was like in tears. He's like, oh, how yeah. am I going to win when there's this guy in here who's going to donate his money? He was blah, blah, blah. so upset. He lost it. So I, we've seen it actually affect people in a game having a certain opinion about a player. Um, yeah, I also have experienced like- that because when I did Dayton's Dash for Cash, which was for $10,000, there was a team that, that said that they were going to donate all their winnings to the food bank. And like, yeah, that's awesome. If they win, amazing. But I'm also like, oh, look at you thinking you're better than the rest of us. <laughs> Do good as trying to help people. <laughs> but I mean, it really does influence like when you think about, um, you know, what you're doing it for, where the money's going towards. It's like, does that mean that they're more entitled to this or that they're like, it, it's, it really does play on how people perceive each other based on, how people other people are going to perceive them yeah i'm just i'm glad he didn't 
mentioned that part of his story. I just think that that wouldn't help him if he told no. people he was going to donate. But when he makes it I to agree. Final Tribal and he says it, like, all right, you'll yeah. that might that might that might do the trick right there. I um, mean, a very similar thing happened with Adam in his season. You know, he didn't really exact, talk about Jeremy in his, his season. Jeremy right. and his pregnant wife. So mm-hmm. we've we've seen he gotta got the have the sob story at the end. Yep. All right. Next up, Dion was our favorite thing. And that is <gasps> drop, drop your, your <laughs> I was like, maybe if I saw it, she'll like catch up and then like what I if Jeff know, said it like end. that? <laughs> Jeff says drop it the same. <laughs> what if you had like a trumpet? Drop your buffs. <laughs> I just feel like it's like on Drag Race when RuPaul is like, bring back my girls. And she she says it different every time. I would just love uh-huh. to see Jeff Probst be like, now drop your bugs. <laughs> you know, something really dramatic like Jeff that. Jeff Probst is nothing, but he's just consistent. He's going to do the same he thing is. the same way every time. He loves it. And we're here for it every time. Here um, for it. Um, so Boston Rob talks uh-huh. about how much he hates swaps because his first season, Marquesas, which was season four, yes. um, he got swapped and it didn't work out for him because he got voted out. I right. really do not remember anything else besides the fact that they swapped and he got voted out. Do you have any more info about that? Anything we should take away from that story? Well, I my memories of Boston Rob in that season are pretty slim. He was a very polarizing character. He was very opinionated. I remember him calling out John in that season and mm-hmm. calling him out being like, are you gay? Like, that was oh, Boston really? Rob. Yeah. Yeah, like Boston Rob was the kind of person to like push all the buttons. And John was Boston like- Boston Rob don't, pushing don't all the buttons? That. Huh, that's interesting. I, but it's really interesting because, like, kidding, if a person don't know, well, <laughs> but like, if a person did that in like current seasons, be it the what we've seen happen in recent seasons of Survivor, like that would not have gone down well. Mm-hmm. But then we also so, saw Rudy in season one talking about Richard Hatch, yeah. you know, and being like, you know, I like him, but not in a gay way, which at the time <laughs> was really funny. So. For me, it's like Boston Rob is associated with this kind of like punk young dude who's just kind of like trying with to like push buttons and all that. Yeah. Right. And he talks about how he was in control of his tribe. I don't remember it being the case. All I know is that three people from each tribe ended up on the other tribes where they were at the bottom of the numbers. They ended up coming together at the merge and they ended up taking it to the end. And Boston Rob, I think, might have been tied to the people that went to the other tribe. Yep. Because I I feel like he was maybe um, aligned with Sean. That kind of brings a bell. And then Sean ended up working with, like, the Sepia to get to the end. So I can see how that would have kind of, like, done him in. Um, But, yeah, I, I just think that he's... He's played enough games to know that a tribe swap's coming and he should be better prepared. Yep. Um, I personally, I don't like the, the swap into three little tribes. I like <laughs> the bigger... Survivor CBS loves it. <laughs> loves it. And it just feels so weird to swap into that tiny group and... Man, I, I mean, it's fine. I loved the, di- the dynamics that we saw on each tribe. 
But Mm -hmm. I love the big tribes where people can hide and that numbers can be more flexible than just three and two. Well, let's talk about the numbers side of it. A a Mm -hmm. swap into three tribes guarantees that there will be a majority because it's an odd number. So if you split it into three tribes at 18, you're going to end up with three tribes of six. There's the potential of it being a tied side, you know, three mm-hmm. on one side, three on the other side, where it was five, there is not, you don't run the risk of having a tie at tribal council. Right. Right. Um, it's too early in the game for people to kind of do that. So I think in terms of like numbers, they're trying to look at how they can force moves without right. actively for- forcing it. So what we saw was we saw three tribes get split up. It didn't turn out the way that I said it could turn out last week mm-hmm. where I was like, maybe they'll end up with four decal on one tribe with one right. Sele. And then the other two no, tribes yeah. will have a majority of Sele members. Yeah. Um, it didn't work out that way. It no. worked out where decal was in the majority in two of the tribes and was in the majority m- minority of one tribe. And somehow mm-hmm. both of those members ended up surviving the vote. So... You never know what is going to happen, honestly. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of talk about what we saw from each tribe? When they, like, okay, they cut- we really do need to talk about that dynamics in these tribes because they yeah, are so-, so freaking juicy. Yeah, so before they get to the immunity challenge, we spend a little bit of time on each camp. So uh-huh. the, the new Dakal has Jeremy, Tony, Denise, Sandra, Kim. Jeremy mm-hmm. has a confessional that I had to ask my mom what this meant. Jeremy says that him and Denise are like George and Wheezy moving on up. And I was like, mom, what the heck does this mean? Dion, do you know what this right. means? I thought of Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? It's like George what? Weasley. Oh, does, George and Weasley. Weasley? <laughs> um, I'm like, is so, he trying to make like a Harry Potter thing and it didn't work out for him? Like that's literally where my brain went and I'm still kind of stuck there. And now I just think of like Jeremy being this huge Harry Potter oh fan who just called everybody by the wrong names. I am dying right now. That, that'd be the most like insane reference of George Weasley during the Survivor. Okay, but it's from it's from a TV show, the Je- the Jeffersons, which I had never oh, seen. Okay. And George would call his wife Wheezy, and they moved up in the world to a nicer apartment. And so, so that moving on up was that oh. sort of from. So oh, good okay, job. Okay, I love Jeremy's confessionals. He's hysterical, even if you don't understand them. Yeah, even if I don't get the he reference, he just can talk, and you can just listen, and he'll just speak. <laughs> And you'll just love it. Yep, in that accent. Okay, so let's talk about Kim in the predicament of... I have my opinion we, of who, who she should work with uh, between okay, Tony sure and Sarah do. and Jeremy and Denise. But, but I do want to just take note that we actually got to see Kim this episode because there's I been know. a couple episodes. It's been, a, it's been a minute. We thought that she was just... Uh, what's the phrase? Dead to rights? Is that the phrase? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was, we thought we- she was uh, George Weasley. <laughs> we <laughs> thought she was a goner. She's still here. She's still right. and George that, and Weezy moving on up. He's catching eels. What is it with the women this season just catching all of the sea creatures? <laughs> like all the sea creatures. Because they're amazing. Did you see that tweet? I'm totally about here for all it. the all the what all the women have. We've got no, I know, all I know the women to bring with all up. the advantages. Because I, I put it in our story. I put it in the uh, drop your yes. box story. So we've got Parv and, and Natalie with four fire tokens each. Like what? Correct. We've got yep. Four girls with idols. We got Sandra, uh-huh. Sophie, 
Denise and Kim, and then uh-huh. Sarah with the steal a vote. Like this is what yeah. Angelina wanted, and it finally is happening. <laughs> right. Okay, but let's just think about this. If Decal goes to Tribal Council and Jeremy catches wind that Idol's gonna be played because there are three idols on one tribe, Whew. then Jeremy leaves Tribal Council. Denise feels vulnerable. Denise plays her idol. Yeah. We now know that Kim has a fully formed idol because Sophie yes. gave her the piece back. Uh-huh. Kim feels vulnerable. Kim uses her idol. Sandra goes, well, I'm not going home. She plays her idol. There's only one person you can vote for. <gasps> Tony, Tony, Tony. It would, it, he would get Sarid. He would get Sarid. Wow. It would be the second time in history that he I would, would get I would hate that. I would hate that so much. But here's the thing. I thought that at the last Tribal Council in this episode, we would see advantages get played and none and of them got played. Oh, I so was scared. shocked. If someone, I don't even care who gets Sarid. If someone gets Sarid again, I'll be so mad. I hated that so much. That is I not mean, okay just the me. logistics of it. It was, it's not only like there was a Sarid vote and then there was the Game Changers vote with Keith and Kimmy and it's just like, the, I think this is what the smaller tribal councils run the risk of. People having their hands forced. And I think they're trying to implement that so it's less of a they're in charge of the game and more that the game takes control of them, you know? Mm-hmm. True. So, anyway. so, yeah, so who do you think Kim should work with? Oh, I think she should work with the other side. I think she should work with Denise and Jeremy. Whereas I think she should work with Tony and Sandra. Really? Why? Yes. Okay, so here is what I think. Kim Spradlin is a huge threat. Huge. Huge threat. <laughs> Sorry. Did I say okay. she's a huge threat? Um, <laughs> so she needs to keep huge threats near her. She needs to keep huge threats. Yes, she connects so much better with Jeremy and Denise, but no Mm -hmm. one is going to take them out before her. They're going to take her out before them. I disagree. I think that Tony and Sandra will get taken out before her. So she needs to align with the people who will get taken out before her. I feel like Jeremy would get taken out before Kim. He, he is so good though. He is so good. But then are you saying that Kim's not as good? They are, they're both amazing. Right. They're, this is the thing. I don't think, I like, everybody talks about how some people in this game are bigger threats. Mm-hmm. I don't see it that clearly. I think everybody is threatening. And even Adam was saying that in one of his confessionals. Oh, no, it wasn't his confessional. It was at Tribal Council. He's like, mm-hmm. everyone here is really good. Like, mm-hmm. everyone here is really good. So, you know, like... I think that if you talk about threat levels, you really have to think about in one in what capacity. Because even though Kim is threatening in like challenges, she's her social game is flawed this season. She's at the bottom. She has she nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. She can't control because no any one, move. No one wants to work with her now. Denise no. and Jeremy are 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 like, oh, yes, we want to work with you. We want to work with you because they need her to flip. So they're going to make her all of these promises, all these empty promises. And she's going to feel so comfortable and just way more naturally connected with them because those are the people she would work with. Whereas Tony and Sandra are like loose 
cannons and you don't want to work with them. But in my opinion, those are who you need to be willing to be in uncomfortable alliances in order to further yourself. But okay. If you were on the Island and you were in the position of Jeremy and Denise, there's four people you are with Kim, Sandra and Tony. Who do you want to keep around? And who do you want to get rid of? If I was out of those three? Yeah. Kim, Sandra, or Tony? I would get rid of Tony. I would get rid of Kim. I would keep Tony. Wow. Because Tony doesn't have any moves. Nobody's working with him. Yeah. Kim is a much more threatening player than Tony in my eyes. Yeah, so I think that I would do it based on past performances and the fact that Tony can flip on a dime and Kim stay loyal to an alliance. Yes, she was um, manipulating another alliance. it's a new game, Hannah. When you're in a position of struggle, you do things differently. We see people time and time again. Look at Stephanie LaGrosse's second game. She became a villain. Because mm-hmm. she flipped so far from her original gameplay, she got to mm-hmm. the end and people didn't vote for her to win. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is you've got to look at the game in front of you. And you can't... Yes, you need to take information from previous games into in mind, but Kim is not playing with the same people she was playing with before. I almost feel like she would be more likely to be unpredictable because we haven't seen her in this environment. So this is the devil you don't know where Tony is the devil you do know. This has has a ton to do with how I feel about the Boston Rob vote. Could we jump to Yara Tribe to talk about the Boston Rob? Okay, so we have the same situation going on right now. With Ben and Adam, right. Boston, Rob, Sophie, and Sarah. Okay, so in my opinion, I think that Ben and Adam should have kept Boston, Rob around. Uh huh. Because of the same reasoning I said about Kim, is that uh-huh. you keep that um, you keep that big threat in for as long as you want. And along with what you were talking about with how Stephanie LaGrosa made it to the end and everyone hated her. I feel like Boston Rob could have had that same exact character arc this season that like maybe mm-hmm. he would have pissed off enough people that by the end he wouldn't win. Like I know you don't bring Boston Rob to the end because he could win because mm-hmm. he, w- he would argue his point really well. But I think, I think he might have irked enough people that maybe he would lose votes. I also have, yeah, I also have another thought about how Boston Rob also messed up this round, which we all know, but yeah. I, have a, I have another thought about that. But do you have anything to say about that thought I just had? Uh, with the thought you had, I think that it's, like, definitely valid. It's, my whole thing, though, is by keeping him in the game, you maintain his level of game. Because everybody's trying to please him in his way that he wants Ugh. to do his game. Ugh. But I'm not out there to play anybody else's game, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, the vote to get rid of him is actually to allow myself to thrive. So sure, you can find yourself sitting at the end with someone like him. But if you're not in his game plan, you don't get to the end. Mm-hmm. So I feel like taking him out was so that the rest of them in the tribe could literally start to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they needed to take him out. 
like it's we talked about how adam broke the cardinal rule of survivor when he went and Mm -hmm. told someone the plan of who they were voting out and everybody was talking Uh about how he he like broke the the golden rule of survivor i feel like boston rob just broke the golden rule of survivor by forcing no one to strategize we saw garrett Mm -hmm. in survivor kagayan force everybody to not talk and it pissed off everybody and that's why they voted him out like I think we don't we know that that's not what you do. Well, I mean, not only do we know, but we've seen him do it firsthand. Mm-hmm. We know that this is his tactic. You can't just repeat something. It's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So right. if they, you know, let him do that, they're just sitting there going, "Oh, so we're all just going to sit here and let him get to the end and choose who he's going to take to the end." With no, you can't yeah. do that. But are there ways to make it work for you? Possibly. Maybe Ben and Adam could have found ways to make it work for them. But I think that, who knows, maybe this is the f- alliance that we see get to the end. You know, exactly. maybe we see. Like, because that's the thing. Ben and Adam don't have anybody else to work with in the game. They don't have a solid core. Ben was close to... Denise, who was close to Adam, you know, like, yeah, I don't even think that was Ben even that close to Jeremy. Yeah, he voted with them, them. but we haven't seen anything about them being close. Yeah. All I can think of is Jeremy being like, if I walk away, I know that Ben's going to come to talk to me. Mm -hmm. He did mention that once that time that they were all just sitting at camp and nobody was moving. Right, right, like, right, the standoff. If I get up, Ben's going to come up and then Denise yeah. will get up. Like, <laughs> but it didn't feel like they're like a us till the end kind of situation. Right. I do want to elaborate on, you know, why Boston robs Hail Mary to keep everyone at camp. Like, it was clearly a bad move and it was clearly him trying to do anything to get himself to stay in the game. And right. I just want to elaborate on Another reason why that was a bad move is because Mm -hmm. in modern Survivor, we know that at first a plan gets made. And Mm -hmm. then about an hour later, the second plan is now in place and that is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. a couple hours later, there's a new plan and this is actually what we're going to do. (laughs) By Boston Rob stifling the strategy talk, I think that he could have played the, the hand of letting everybody go off and have talks and he could have been having these talks with Sarah and Sophie and trying for him to get aligned with them. And he could have been right. You know, giving arguments about why to keep him and whatnot rather than, so like the cause a little plan, more confusion. Yeah. The plan could have easily evolved even more, yeah. but he, he made it stay at ground zero. Because he's the thing, he could have even tried to spin the vote onto someone else, you know, say to the girls, look, if we actually do put these votes on Adam because he did screw me over, he's not the strongest in challenges. He will be an easy person for us to take out. Nobody mm-hmm. else on the other tribes are going to be pissed off. Like, play up this whole thing about how, you know, he you totally keep me He totally could have got it on Adam. But the thing is, it didn't necessarily actually have to be Adam. But get yeah. the girls to place their votes on someone else that's not him. Yeah. You know, like you do need to kind of put precautions into place where you're protecting yourself. And I actually don't think he protected himself. He no, there, just kind there of was, like went on a gamble. Yeah. He went with what was the most comfortable for him. And that was yeah. being the godfather and telling people what to do and like just 
refraining stuff from happening when he could have taken the more uh takes more you know yeah taking um well that's the thing and like he's even mentioned it like in this episode he's like yeah i found an idol but i had four clues you know, and like everybody mm-hmm. else is out there finding idols. Sophie finds an idol, which is loved it. Epic, epic. epic. During yeah. in the middle of Boston Rob's confessional, like mm-hmm. he's still talking, and we see this happen. It was so good. <laughs> and that's the thing, because like she she gets it, and we're like, wait, did she just get it? Like you, you as an audience uh, yeah. member, have to like sit there and question it, and you're like, you have to catch it because she put it in her in her underwear so fast. <laughs> she just threw it down there and she was like nobody's gonna be like and that's the thing they're like all emptying their pockets and she's like Ooh. trying not to like shove a hand down her pants which I don't think she <laughs> needs to anyway right but I thought that was just iconic because then she that's when we find out that she gave the other piece to Kim yeah that's when we hear her perspective where once upon a time she was like if I were Kim I would never have done that and now she's like oh I get it <laughs> like yeah. you know she's like I'm in this predicament now I understand that, I need you know, someone puts you in a position, and like, and that's the thing. She she admitted. She goes, "I've never been able to get a read on Sarah, and I don't know if we're good, but this is the move to solidify us." So, who knows if this changes her Sophie's opinion of Kim? Yeah, you know, like yeah, we might find the three women: Sophie, Sarah, Kim, getting to a merge situation and being like, "Look, we all know. Maybe Kim can bring in Denise. They all know about these secret idols." There could be like an idol alliance if they get to the merge and oh none of them gosh. have played them. <laughs> you know, like there are so many things tying people together now. Not to yeah. mention we've got fire tokens in play. We didn't see Edge of Extinction at all this episode. So we can mm-hmm. assume that there wasn't any uh, token being awarded to anybody in the game. Um, sorry. Oh, yeah. On Edge of Extinction. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we can assume that production knows that when you form three tribes, you're going to have to explore their camp life. You're not going to have to probably planned it. Extinction. Same like, with Island of the Idols. Off. That's right. what they did during but it's last like, season too. So now it looks like the next episode, we're going to get some kind of edge of extinction challenge portion that involves allowing Tyson and Boston Rob both to be involved. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, now that we know that next episode, two people are getting voted out, there mm-hmm. could be an extra two people. So the next two times we see the Edge of Extinction, there's going to be two new people coming into these new oh, challenges yeah. or tasks. Yeah. And that's we're going to potentially end up with eight people on the Edge of Extinction, maybe even ten. Like I was talking to Stephen, who was in Survival Challenge with us. Heroes versus Villains merged with ten people. Started off with 20. They got it down to halfway through. And second chances, oh my goodness, second chances merged with 13 people. After next week's episode where two people go home, we're going to have 13 people. They could merge just right but after that. what I'm that. saying is like, right, because that's normal. That's standard for us to get to that many people. But uh-huh. they could even wait until there's half of the people out of the game. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, that's even... See, I'm just used to like, I just still think of like seven person juries and everything like the the good old days where it was tiny. (laughs) Oh, really? Because, well, that's when we had, um, that's when we had 16 people in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You you Uh, get an extra four people now. So I, this is a random thought that I had about Yara tribe that I wanted to talk Uh to you about is that 
the when, on my on my rewatch, I saw Ben and Sarah introduce themselves when they get to the island. Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Sarah. And that mm-hmm. like took me back for a moment, and I was like, wait, I know they know each other. They were at Hearts of Reality in summer of 2018 when we were there, and they were sitting at the same table. And like, I'm sure they've met and they've talked. Huh. Adam was there too. And like, I don't know if that's like them pretending like they don't know each other or is everybody out there just pretending they don't know each other. That's but, like, so th- interesting. They have like, met. And yeah, they were, cause and we saw a clip of them saying, hi, I'm Ben, hi, I'm Sarah. Right. What? And the, okay, so that's interesting because like when they did that, I was like, huh, that's really interesting that they haven't, that they don't know each other. And I just put that to them not having played the game together. Because like, they when were you're there, going out there. They were like three people away from each other at Hearts of Reality. Sure. But like, I also know that like a lot of your attention goes to the guests coming in. You're yeah. not necessarily going to have a sit down conversation. I mean, that was the time when I met Ben and I went, he's actually really nice. Because I remember he was in the corner and she was only a couple chairs away because I remember being like, you know, it was so excited to see you in the game again. So glad you won, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're right. These people have interacted with one another. It's not like they've never met each other. They don't necessarily need to introduce themselves by their name. It might be like, hey, it's nice to actually finally be able to see one in the same tribe. Right. But maybe they are downplaying their relationships in form of, how well they know one another but yeah the reality is they may not actually know each other that well at all yeah but you know it's like if they're three people away from each other i sure hope that they introduce themselves like that would be right crappy if they didn't well you know what sandra was sitting right by sarah so maybe sandra is just being sandra and being the queen of the table and I mean, Sandra got called out when she was like, how do you feel about this tribe? And then she's like, well, it means that we can vote people out that we want. But I don't want to say too much. And that like, was Sandra. so, yeah, wow, that, that was, was so ugh. awkward. Because then you've got Adam, it goes over to Adam and Adam's just like shaking his head like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Adam is all of us out there. Adam is, he is very much a, he's going to be remembered for this season. You know, like, yeah. he played his first it's season. It's been the Adam show. It's been the Adam. But it's also, like, I don't remember firsthand too many of Adam's, like, moves in his first season. Right, right, right. You know, he was very much there and obviously got to the end and won. But, like, I can even say, like, Michelle, like, winning the last few challenges and getting rid of Neil from the jury. And, like, you know, I can name. But I can't sit here and name, like, specific pivotal moments of adam's game that allowed mm-hmm. him to like win but swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check don't forget to pack the five hour energy it fits great in a pocket or carry-on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything now get 20 percent off when you use code 5he travel at 5hourenergy.com expires april 30th one time use only not valid with other discounts remember visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5he travel to save 20 percent. i can definitely mention moments from this game that relate to adam like this Mm -hmm. is gonna be what adam's remembered for yeah i i love it this and it's only it's only going up from here like this is this has been great Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about two more things. We need to talk about the new Sele tribe <laughs> and we should talk about the immunity challenge. So let's talk about yes. X on the beach, 
Sale. Oh, what are you oh, thinking? No. <laughs> okay. So I also put up a post on our Instagram that okay. Nick Wilson posted. Okay. And he's gone and changed all of the faces from the How I Met Your Mother poster and put okay. his tribe's faces on it. <laughs> and he pretty much talks about how, like, actually, let me read it to you because it's it's written and, like, nuanced quite um, delightfully, if you will. I'm just going to pull it up. Nick Wilson because, isn't, um, isn't getting too much screen time, airtime, so he needs to get his attention elsewhere <laughs> right. on the social okay. media. Well, here's what he says. He goes, coming to CBS this spring, five castaways stranded on Salé Island, but these castaways are no strangers. It will be legend, wait for it, dairy. What, oh, happens, when a man, what happens when a man is placed on a deserted island with his high school celebrity crush? How about when <laughs> old rivals re- reunite after they have not spoken in 13 years? Does she still recall the time he declined to go skinny dipping in a hot tub? I remember that. (laughs) And haven't you heard? Two of these castaways previously dated. Find out what happens when X is a place on the same beach Wednesdays at 8 p.m. 7 central, only on CBS. Good job, Nick. I I thought it was very funny. And I was like, well, that's quick-witted and just kind of like well-played. Because it it really kind of sums up what we're experiencing on the Sally Drive. Michelle's confessionals about what's going on. She owned, owned the confessionals. I mean, Parvati's um, narration of it was hysterical. (laughs) I felt like Parvati, like just laughing about what's going on. But Michelle's You Up, new season who dis confessional was everything. (laughs) That was everything. Michelle is just winning me over so much. Well, it reminded me of the confessional she had on her first season. The bro I know one. Yeah, yeah, I know, bro. Like, it was like, bro, yeah, I she's, know. She's getting just like real. And I love Michelle getting real because you've got these three guys who are clearly in an alliance from their first tribe. Like, the three of them were working together. Yeah. So that's going to be really hard to break. And yeah. then you've got the two girls who are now connecting. Michelle's like, you know, poverty's my best friend. And I I'm know. like, which is really interesting because we never really saw that dynamic when they were on their former tribe. We, we could kind of read between the lines of what was going on, but they've really right. grown close. Right. But it's funny because like, even like, you know, spoiler to everyone at home, Hannah makes notes before every episode and sends them to me <laughs> just to kind of give me a feel for what she wants to mention. <laughs> but what you mentioned that really kind of got my attention is like, you know, these are the two girls that you love to watch, but you would never be friends with them in yeah. real life. I said, like, that's what I love watching them. I love their dynamic, but see them sitting on the beach and like talking about Wendell or something. I just, I just could not imagine myself in that conversation. Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, No, they they weren't talking like that, but yeah. (laughs) I I totally could see myself sitting with them. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm very much a chameleon when it comes to that kind of thing like I can sit with mm-hmm. the boys and just kind of like talk game talk or whatever yeah stupid stuff but then I'd go and sit on the beach and be like all right hit me up what's going on like I could <laughs> I know. is what I'm trying to say <laughs> just like Wendell said yeah. you kick it <laughs> yeah exactly I'll kick it with the girls but it's so funny because the girls even know how like how funny it sounds and they're like oh my uh, yeah, god exactly and there I don't want to like um, make fun of them. I don't say that. I don't want to say that they're like super basic. They're just not the type of girls that I would normally hang out with. So it's it's kind of fun to watch and 
But it's yeah. it's funny because I think like there's a time and place for these things. Like uh-huh. there is a secret scene with the two of them as well, where they go over to get water and they're just I kind of giggling over the silliest <laughs> things. And, and Michelle talks about how her hair's in tendrils. Yeah. And you see poverty with like this perfect hair. I'm like, how um, does- Oh, poverty's always perfect sure. out there. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because they're just making themselves giggle over the small things and I honestly Mm -hmm. think that a lot of the dynamics that happen when it comes to alliances and things like that are really bonded over humor and and intellect and just being able to like just be on the same wavelength and my question is I thought that Parvi and Yule would have more of a rapport with one another than that was surprising well the thing is Parvi is No, well, and poverty's continued to stay in the world. So you'd think, like, as somebody who was in the... Well, yeah, exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. and somebody who went on to win a future season, you'd think that maybe you would reach out and be like, congratulations, you know, obviously you were in my season. Because think about it. How many people in this season have played in a season together where the other person, like... There, sorry. How many people have played in an original season together where one person won and then they came back and won their own season? Mm-hmm. So, um, Blood versus Water, Natalie won and then Jeremy came back and won. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Cook Islands where Yule won and then Poverty came back and won. And they were all four of those people, like in their pairings, were playing for the first time together, but one of them had to come back and win. Mm-hmm. So, someone like um, Tony and Sarah. You know, They've they have that close. kind of pairing. Mm-hmm. Right. But so, so that's why I'm surprised that these, um, you know, I'm assuming Natalie and Jeremy probably stay close, but why not Yule and Poverty? Well, because Yule and Poverty are completely different personalities. They, I, I can totally see them but, not overlapping with, like, yeah, they were on, you know, they were in this life-changing experience a, together. Their it, first right, season. and it bonds you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that necessarily but like after 13 years, will that, will that bond last 13 years later where you're, well, look at you and look at Yule and yeah. Jonathan because the there is personalities they at, click. Right. Okay. And something else that like, so we looked at the, um, like Boston Robinie's first season. Now poverty and Yule were constantly on opposite sides of the tribe, but poverty was constantly connected to Jonathan Penner. Mm-hmm. And so if, Penner and you know I know that Candace and Penner kept in touch with one another maybe mm. Poverty didn't keep in touch with Penner and then that's that was Penner was the glue essentially yeah, between Yule and I could see Poverty that. but I also don't know that Poverty necessarily kept in touch with anyone from her first season and right. it wasn't until you know she won her season that she started to like build a rapport with contestants right right yeah it's just it's very fascinating i really like how survivor is being very um meta about all these connections mm-hmm. that are going on and it's totally fine with talking about these uh pre-existing relationships mm-hmm. and pre-existing and- ex-relationships Right. And the thing is, I remember early on, we were like, what's going to do Yule in? And my guess was, I'm like, well, if Poverty ends up on the same tribe as Yule, that could be his doing. But Yule's in a very good position right now that I don't know that her calling him out on anything. Now, knowing that she doesn't necessarily have anything to call him out on. If Sele goes to tribal and one of those, if both of those girls survive, that would be the like amazing gameplay. If both of them survive. Incredible. 
I just don't see how it works unless they convince Nick to give up his idol <laughs> and do a Black Widow situation because you know I mean, that the only person the that would cont- work on is Nick. Yep, yep. So if we see it happen, I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, it would but be- that sucks because I love poverty this season. This is the first season that I've actually been on the poverty bandwagon. She, because she's usually- been having fun. She's been having a good time. Because usually she's in seasons where there's somebody else who I'm just rooting for more. Like mm-hmm. Heroes versus Villains, I just was rooting for Sandra more. Fans versus Favorites, I was just voting Sari Cer- more. And those, mm-hmm. those are two of my favorite players in the whole game of Survivor. <laughs> you know, so that's a hard and act here, to follow. Yeah. And Michelle, like, you know, you love Michelle too, uh, so. I know. So watching the two of them, I'm like, I would totally see Nick go. I would see Wendell go. I'm like, Yule, I don't know. Just be friends with the girls for some reason. I don't know. Make yeah. it work for you. Yeah, just make it work because we want you around. I honestly just hope that, I don't know which tribe I want to avoid tribal council next week. Part of me hopes it's the Sally tribe just because I don't want to see this yeah, structure same. break. Oh, yeah, same. But then at the same time, then are we going to see... Oh, you know what? The girls on the Dekal tribe, they'll take care of themselves. They're fine. Um, <laughs> um, not the Dekal tribe, sorry. Yara? That's the, um, Sarah Sophie? Are you talking about Sarah Sophie? That's the Yara tribe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Every time I hear Yara, I just think I'm a Drag Race fan. I've already mentioned it once this episode. But there's a queen called Yara Sophia. And <laughs> she, like, it's spelled Y-A-R-A, but it's like a Yara... So every time I say Yara, I want to say Jara, the Jara tribe. And okay, she's just fabulous. I, gotta tell, I love her. I got to tell you what I think of every time. Speaking of Harry Potter, I think of uh-huh. Yara, Yara, Wizard Harry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my Yara. god, that is such a stretch. Like <laughs> Yara, Wizard Harry. Yara, Wizard and, like, Harry. I just, I just want to have a meme of Jeremy with a wand in his hand talking about the Yara tribe saying, Yara wizard, George and Weezy. Is, oh, because George and Weezy. I was like, why Jeremy? Okay, I get it. George, yeah, because of George, George and Weezy. Weezy. Like this, I think we should just call this the Drop Your Buffs RuPaul's Drag Race slash Harry Potter episode. Like, I think that's what's happening right now. We've kind of gone into a whole different universe. It has and, um, been insane. And so let's kind of talk about this immunity challenge real quick because I just want to bring up the puzzle at the end of the immunity challenge. We have the- Before you do that, can I just mention that Sandra played this challenge? That's all I want to say. Sandra was not on a bench this challenge. Good good for you, Sandra. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry, go for it. Well, I personally was a part of a tribal challenge where we had this four colored block puzzle at the end the name of this yeah, puzzle yeah, is we're still in the game <laughs> dion had um had just been voted out it it hurts it hurts and i, I was don't know hoping who you guys voted. would lose but i don't know yeah, who voted i don't out. know who voted for me either um it the puzzle is called instant insanity and that is true to its name because it is very difficult as we saw the tribes doing it um wow it I just, before we started recording, I looked up a YouTube video about a solution to this puzzle. I'm like, okay, I want to find out what the solution is. Um, heck no. That was, I was like five minutes into this PBS video and I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) And I'm a hashtag reading teacher, not a math teacher. So it was using math and I was like, this ain't going to work. 
Not today. I have a question for you though. So each, obviously each cube has six sides, but there's only going to be four sides that are exposed. That are showing. Mm -hmm. So are all four blocks colored differently? Or are they all colored the same? Well, in, in a YouTube video I was watching, they were all colored differently. Where each block has like one color that's got like two extra, well there has to be two yeah. colors with extra yeah yep and yeah. so it's different extra ones so i know that someone we know named mike had posted a solution like a pdf graphic that i need to track down to find i think it's under our facebook live video honestly of that challenge maybe so i'm gonna go track that down to see what he posted but the youtube video did not help and i actually <laughs> want to go make my own uh instant insanity puzzle so i could try yeah. it at home <laughs> You're like, I'm more confused than I was b- before I knew the challenge. So Yep, yep. I mean, I, I can see that being a real thing. Oh, my gosh. So just quickly, um, Wendy from Survivor, blue-haired yes. Wendy. Big um, Wendy, who let all the chickens see, out. Right. Did you see recently she did an elimination video for Ethan Zahn, and she recreated an image of Ethan Zahn made out of Rubik's Cubes. I saw her do that for Natalie. Okay, I didn't see Natalie's, but I saw Ethan Zahn's, and I was, like, watching this going, there must be some kind of computer program that she takes an image, converts Uh it to this, like, pixel thing, and that allows her to, like, make all the... But she has to sit there and turn all of the Rubik's Cubes. There's easily hundreds hundreds of rubik's cubes because i i would say that the bottom row consisted of 20 rubik's cubes so this would be like 20 by 20 something like that and then by the end of it it's just it's his face and i'm like this is phenomenal so yes there was probably like a grid created for her to do but she has to sit there and go through every rubik's cube and make sure that this color is in this position and it's just if you haven't seen it Check it out. It's phenomenal. It sounds like she's got a whole series of them and she's potentially doing them for every person as they get voted out. I would say, I would say like, man, she needs to find a hobby, but she found a hobby. That's quite a hobby. And not only that, she has to be indoors anyway. So why not sit there and just kind of like... Yeah, because of coronavirus. We're we're all quarantined. (laughs) We're all quarantined. Um, Right. So it's like, yeah, just sit there and do something incredible. And like Ethan Zahn shared it. So maybe if you're connected to him on Facebook or Twitter, you'll be able to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to share my drop your buff moment. And that happened during tribal council. My -hmm. drop your buff moment is I was so banking on Sarah or Sophie playing one of their advantages, an idol or an advantage, because it just felt so risky. I didn't want them to waste it at all, but I also would understand if they didn't. My jaw dropped when neither of them did anything. I was like, they're really putting their trust in Ben and Adam right now, which was the right move. But, you know, I still was amazed. I'm going to join you on this drop your buff moment because for me, like I literally was shocked that not even (laughs) one of them used their advantage. I was like, you're in a minority on a five person, like at least feel the need to tie it. But I'm like, they've just mentioned, and I don't know if it was all smoke and mirrors in order to make sure that Rob didn't know what was happening, Mm -hmm. but like, uh, it's a ballsy move by these two girls. I, you know, we've seen, what the first three people voted out of this game were women. The next three voted out were men. We're back to even male female split. 
And the women are the ones that are kind of dominating at this point. So yeah. I'm holding out hope that we can see another female win this. And every oh, time we have a returning player's season, the only time we've seen a returning player's season where, where male at least wins. half, where, well, yeah, oh. it was Cochrane, where at least half of the cast and is Jeremy. returning. Jeremy did win, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, because you saw Sandra for Heroes versus Villains. We saw Poverty for First Fans versus Favorites. We saw Amber for All Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Cochran, had, Jeremy, Sarah. Yep, and Sarah. So when it comes to returning contestant seasons, the women have a better chance at winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, so is that going to happen again this season? Based off of all of the advantages in the game right now and the fire tokens, the women are in a really freaking good yes. place. But then again, Jeremy does have this like, like avoid tribal council. I don't remember if that was valid for more than three tribal councils, if it was just like a until a certain I, point. I think, it, I think it didn't have an expiration. Yeah. And I as I mentioned in the last podcast, Nick is the only person from the original Dakal tribe to have received any coins. Um, fire tokens. Wow. And oh even now with Parvati receiving two more, he is still the only person from the original red tribe that received a fire token. All of the other five tokens have gone over to the blue tribe. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I feel like we're going to see a shift in the power now go to the blue tribe. I because am, I'm ready to see these fire tokens get played. Can we start like buying stuff? But but here's the thing, like, does, I guess they can use them at any point. I know, but they're just holding out for whatever, when they're going to need to buy stuff. Well, I mean, Poverty can essentially buy herself an idol now, I guess. Is that on the menu for well, on the, the people on the, still in the game? On the edge of Extinction Island, that's how much a three a three would cost you an idol. Um. But and I, I think, it, it will cost you three tokens to get an idol. Yes. Yeah, we need to look up the original menu from the first episode. Uh, because that's I'm, true. I, oh, I don't remember. And not, not, Ron's, not Ron's menu. That's, that's expired. <laughs> <laughs> where he tore off the bottom where it said that it expires. Mm. Oh, that was still a genius move. I love it. Okay, let's talk about next week on Survivor. The Wicked Witch is dead, and we could do whatever oh we want my. now, says Adam. They're like celebrating. They're sitting there the like waving like their box around. <laughs> I didn't know. I know. I it, looked like, <laughs> it looked like a, an episode from Amazon all over again. Like yeah. It looked like the girls were asking for peanut butter. But I'm pretty sure it was just them cleaning their buffs. <laughs> um, once again, I am actually looking forward buffs. to Edge of Extinction. Sorry, just to clarify, cleaning buffs. their buffs. Buffs. <laughs> 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 I mean, they could be doing both. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Tyson being sneaky and hilarious. I know that you're not the biggest Tyson fan. No, I'm big, all for it. You're I'm, for I'm on it. the bandwagon now. All right. All I'm right, like, good. let's see this. Okay, let's let's, let's hypothesize, hypothesize real quick. Whether it's a challenge or whether it's actually just Tyson on his own will doing something sneaky and hilarious. That's his word. I think sneaky and hilarious. I think what, what he's going to do is he's going to insist that when they're sleeping at night times that he has to sleep in between Amber and Rob. I think that is <laughs> sneaky and hilarious. <laughs> like, um, I'm just going to wedge myself in here. Right? Yeah. I feel like... <gasps> Can we also like discuss was... that... Oh, no. Continue that, and then I'll go... Oh, I was just going to say, it looks like he was going up to where they climbed the rocks to go to um, 
the top. So maybe it has something to do with that. Okay. Right. And saying. Boston's like, are you coming back? Um, well, my whole thing is we're finally going to see Boston Rob and Amber canoodling again Aww. after what? 15, no, 15 years since they played the game together and could oh yeah we haven't seen that on our tv screen um our friend caitlin sent me some photos that have been released of next week's episode and there are the most precious photos of rob and amber like from edge of extinction so you guys should go find those press photos and they're because they're adorable I look, I'm all for the two of them being on the edge of extinction together. And I would love to see Amber come back into the game. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me too. But he, also, have we contemplated the idea of more than one person coming back from the edge? I, I would love that. If at the, oh, man. Could we would, have, would, could it go down to 10 people and then have two people to come in? To that's make what 12? I was thinking. I was thinking that at the merge, I would love if at the merge, instead of having one person come in at the merge and one person later, if they had two people come in at the merge, I would love that. I do think just from Jeff's pre videos, like he talked about how with the edge, like if you name a season after a twist, you have you to mm-hmm. have it play out in the final episode. Ugh. And even though this season isn't like named the edge of extinction, it's still a twist that needs to kind of play right. out for the whole thing. Cause then what do the rest of them just go to Ponderosa now? And we still have the largest tribal council ever. I'm sorry. Um, uh, jury ever jury. because yeah. they do they, or do they go home? Would all of them go home because they're, I don't know. It's just an interesting kind of concept. Yeah. I am. I'm looking forward to it. I just feel like I feel like we've only just touched the surface of this episode. Like there is so much to this. It was a great episode. It, it's so juicy, and I was giddy about it the whole time because mm-hmm. you just see people forced to like. We didn't really get much of the Dakal tribe except for Kim all of a sudden being this kind of like person in. She and here's the thing: I don't want to like give false impression that she is in a power position because I don't necessarily think that she's the one calling the shots. She's just deciding who to pair up with who is calling the shots. Right. But I love the position that Denise is in because I don't Mm. think that she's vulnerable at all. Mm -hmm. And I do think that she's in a very good position to go far. And she's your like, she's your winner pick, right? Or she, Oh, I would love to see her win. Yeah. 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 So we're just seeing such great stuff from her. Okay, so my my assumptions now in terms of like like uh, what's the word alliances? <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, voting blocks? What no, a- <laughs> alliances going Trust forward. Clusters. I think that Sophie is probably in the best position in this whole game mm-hmm. because if she is able to make it to the merge, she has Yule and the three boys, who we can assume is still going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. She then has if Sophie, if Sarah, uh, Sarah or her mm-hmm. is still stay in the game. She essentially can reel in like Kim and Kim can reel in Denise. Denise and Sarah have a prior relationship before the game. That mm-hmm. finds Sophie in and the middle of seven. She just worked with Ben and Adam. Right. So you can see her being in possibly the most powerful position out of anybody out there. So whether that works for her advantage or makes her a huge target is going to be a completely different thing. But in my mind, we could see um, seven people 
her getting together with Yule and the two boys and then deciding to work with all the women and then take out the boys and make it a final mm-hmm. four women because she'd mm-hmm. have a better chance physically mm-hmm. up against these women in challenges. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine a final four of Sarah, Sophie, Denise, and Kim? That would be <laughs> epic because be they're so all physically strong. They're mm. all insanely intelligent, intelligent. mentally I think I just found like a really exciting final four that somehow involves Kim, but I'm okay with it. Um, that's like the only scenario that I'm okay with Kim kind of like staying in the game. Gosh, but, you like, have the most polarizing view. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have polarizing views with my own views. Yeah. It's like, but the thing is like, or do we see Sophie get to the end with three guys that have the potential of being like, well, we've already worked together without her. Let's just get rid of her. Like, I don't necessarily see her going to the final four with those boys and then you're keeping her on. This swap has definitely changed the game. And I I honestly think for the better. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. All right. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. <laughs> he's excited he's pumped and coronavirus can't bring us down it ain't gonna bring me down no <laughs> just we need to figure out if the finale can still happen oh um could they May 13th po- could they postpone the finale could Would they-, they postpone the finale well what do you do if you can't get everybody together they Real have to do the vote stuff. read. They have to do it. So they well, might then do. Do we get Jeff to read the votes from wherever he is, and then do a <laughs> delayed reunion live like... from my dressing room? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think that there's a lot of questions up in the air. I honestly really hope, for the sake of everybody in the world, not just for the sake of Survivor, I hope that we get some answers and we get some solutions very quickly. Um, that we can put into place and um, all be in our healthiest uh, states, um, not necessarily states of country, but states of being. Of being. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, this, is, this has been a whirl, whirlwind for both of us, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And um, I'm just excited for what there is to come in all aspects of everything. Of everything. All right. Well, that <laughs> sounds like a great place to sign us off. Okay. Subscribe to us, follow us, yes. Yes. and I'll put links uh, to everything in the show notes as always. Yes. And um, once again, it was wonderful podcasting with you again, Hannah. Yes. Um, and I look forward to many, many more and, um, and just seeing how the rest of this season plays out because you oh. and I, we do have those polarizing opinions. So. <laughs> <laughs> see who's right and who's wrong uh, as the episodes we go on. See. That kind of rhymed. We'll see who's right and wrong as the episodes go on. All right, Dion, I've got nothing for you. Have a great no. rest of your day. <laughs> you too. Bye, Bye, everyone. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.